Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, nurses. This is Wacko from Animaniacs, and you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show. You know why? Because you're smart. See you later. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to episode 881 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me, having fun at MegaCon Orlando. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. MegaCon Orlando is underway. We are there Thursday. That's right, kicking off um, a MegaCon. That's where, where we are, right? Mm-hmm. And having a good old time, by the way, follow us on social media and find out exactly where we are. If you'd like to become part of the Riley and Kimmy show, we would love to have you on the show. Right, Kimmy? Uh-huh. And if you if you want to sing the jingle, you can do that, too. Mm. Yes, we do have brave souls that do that yes. from time to time. So if you'd like to talk nerd, geek, or sing the jingle, or if you know somebody that'd be really interesting for us to interview, just reach out to us on Facebook. You can reach our Facebook page by our website, which is... RileyandKimmy.com. That's right, Kimmy. And by the way, right now we're going to kick off our first interview on the Riley and Kimmy Show with something that's going, or somebody who is appearing at Megacon. And it's a very good friend to the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now, by the way, I want to stress that we will have video of a lot of things, a lot of people we talk to, on our Facebook page and our website, RileyandKimmy.com. And we hope to have Roland here in just a little while on our Facebook page, sharing his brand new project. Roland's taking the time with us with a new artist that he has, by the way, who is appearing with him today and this weekend at Megacon at, at his table, at their table. And he's going to talk about their collaboration of a brand new book called Tiny. So we're going to spend a little bit of time, big time, talking about a small thing. All right. We're going to talk about Tiny. Okay. With former Marvel Malibu editor, it's our pleasure to welcome Roland Mann on the Riley and Kimmy Show. And we have the pleasure of having a comic book creator, writer, former Marvel and Malibu editor, Roland Mann with us. And Roland, you have a special guest joining us. Tell me who you have. Well, I'm so uh, excited that uh, she she stepped away from the drawing board today because uh, she's staying real busy. We have Diana Harold with us, who has collaborated with me for the book that is debuting today uh, on our floor. Come by our table, A263, and you can pick up a copy of Tiny. Tiny. Yeah. No. Yes. Uh, what? Say, hi to, say hi to Diana. Hello, Diana. Hi. Hey. So you are part <laughs> of Tiny now. First of all, Roland, Deanna, one of you, tell me what Tiny is all about for those who are joining us in this listening cast, because we will have a video version of this available um, on the Riley and Kimmy show on our website, RileyandKimmy.com. We'll do a video, have some, you know, imagery of your beautiful work. But tell tell us a little bit about Tiny. Go ahead, Deanna. Oh, you, oh okay. Your, um, it's your spotlight. Is, um... Oh, okay, awesome. Well, uh, Tiny is if if you ever heard of Thumbelina, it's um a story by Hans Christian Andersen, and so our version is kind of like a take or a re a reimagining 
more fantasy based on um, Thumbelina. And instead of being named Thumbelina, her name is Tiny. And there's more fantasy elements in it. And it's very, very fun. Very, And it actually is very similar to the original fairy tale, too. And uh, full of adventure, excitement, and lots of uh, magic. <laughs> now, how did you two connect here? How did this happen? I mean, did Roland find you some way and just say, hey, I got this script you got to really look at. I, I, can you draw this? I mean, how did, how did, how did it happen? It was crazy. Um, like, if you want to hear the long story, want yes. long story, short story. Let's go long story, uncensored. Give it long one. Uncensored. <laughs> it's it's your show. Got You're it. on stage. Go for it. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, back back, uh, I think it was a year ago. I was doing because um, I really love Disney, so I would go to their auditions because um, I love to act, I love to sing, and um, so I just tried doing um, their auditions there for the character character performers and i met um this girl there her name was Brittany, and i was and she was really nice i got her facebook name because i want to see if she made it in the auditions well neither of us made it but um and then i noticed that um she also went to my church and i was like oh that's really cool she lives in the area and um i get a message from well i told her that and she was like oh my gosh that's really cool and so I get a message from her later, and she was mentioning that her dad saw my work, which her dad is Roland Mann. Um, and I thought that was really awesome. Just It's just such a crazy way to meet my future boss, basically, or the future. <laughs> it's just funny. It's, yeah, okay, collaborators. Not your That's boss. Good. I'm your collaborator. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a good word. Thank you. I'll say collaborator. <laughs> But yeah, so that that's kind of how we met up, and he wanted to see what else I could do, so we met up, and that's kind of where Tiny took off. Now, the origin story. Okay, had you ever <laughs> thought of doing a comic book before this? I mean, the, uh, the, long ago. Okay, so you you were interested in the comic? Did you read comic books before this? Um, I not typically. I read like more of the Eastern version of comic books. Um, okay. They're referred to as manga or manga, right. however you want to say it. Sure. Um, but I always loved the idea of making a comic book. I remember being in middle school, and I still have like folders of really old comics that I need to burn because they're just so old. But <laughs> I, I always wanted them. to do something. Oh, I think I'll burn them. No, no, no! You don't burn comics, right, Roland? <laughs> That's right. You don't burn. <laughs> I, I, Oh, it's funny. They can right, actually, on TV paper. Well, I mean, if they're if they're published, you know, like the big two uh, comic books, they can actually refurbish some of the old ones that are worth some coin. <laughs> they do. They they actually they actually press them, Roland. They, That's they kind of cool. Yeah, they can they can change them so they can go up in grades quite a bit in value. And I thought wow. that was crazy. It's like a big steam press. They 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 press out all the wrinkles. Well, Barry was telling me about that. Yeah, I we we are good friends with somebody who does this, and it, and they get them, you know, graded. And I, I never wow. knew about that until a few years ago. So save those comic books, save those old ones. <laughs> we don't want to burn them. Well, they're more of like, well, no, they're more of my like the ones I made, like oh, the okay. really cheesy no, like middle you, school. You stuff. don't want to those. Think about this. This is I, I tr I've asked some people this. I, I'm like, do you did you save any of your original art? And they go, well, what do you mean? I go. You know, like when you realize this is what you wanted to do, they go, you mean like when I was a kid? I go, yeah. They're like, you're crazy. I said, no, man, that'd be, that'd be so, <laughs> such a cool thing to see a progression through time. It is because, hey, listen, one of the most popular images uh, you know, running around Facebook a couple of years ago was Todd McFarlane's drawing. Uh, I can't remember. It may have been Spider-Man. It may have been Spawn. I think it may have been Spawn uh, of when he was 15. Yes. You know? 
the the drawing he did of Spawn at 15. So, uh, yeah, save those because it shows your progression. The other thing she's just recently told me, she's confessed to me that she stopped doing, is that in her sketchbook as she's drawing, she will reach <laughs> reach a point where she doesn't like something, and then she would just exit out real nasty, big, you know, oh. big thick lines. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, stop doing that. Oh. <laughs> But, so she says she doesn't do that anymore. But do you sketch? No. Do you sketch daily? Uh, I try. I, I think I feel like I go crazy if I don't sketch something, even if it's so tiny and small and like not anything like that could be like printed. I just try to get something on paper. It's like therapeutic. <laughs> uh, how I love old, drawing. How old were you when you realized? And I'm not trying to you know make you uncomfortable here, but when did you realize that you had a skill set above the the typical child around you? Oh, no, that's a good question. Um, actually, from kind of a really early age, like, um, I wouldn't say I was better, but, like, teachers were noting things. Like, I guess, like, they would show, like, two pictures of, like, um, my artwork and someone else's artwork. And I guess I tried – I mean, these are, like, maybe, like, a five-year-old's drawing. So, you know, they're still not great. But, you know, um, they would show them side by side, like, mine with another's. And they, the teacher would point out, like, look, she tried to draw fingernails and, like, those little um, – dents and wrinkles on your knuckles like and and so my mom was like oh wow that actually is pretty uh, creative so they would try to give me things to be creative like creative outlets and so I guess from like an early age I've also always grown up in small schools um small Christian private schools so I've just been um like my graduating class is like 75 so pretty small so there wasn't much I guess you could say competition um <laughs> there's still some talented people but um I was I was very aware of what I wanted to do when I was art when I was growing up. And it sounds like you had an art supported in the school system. You had art being supported. It was, uh, you know, not something that had been phased out. It was still active in your school. It was actually um, just barely surviving, but really? um, it, it, it was. It's really sad. Um, a lot of the a lot of the arts weren't as well known. But as, as my class started to try and grow these important fine arts, like in drama and band, and and like just the fine arts, um, the, it started to grow more. Like we went to like the downtown Disney chalk festival and like and other fu- or other really fun stuff like that, and that would grow um, other artists too in our skill because knowing how to do more than one medium is very helpful as an artist. Do you feel that there's a – is there a temptation for you to go into like video gaming in, in design in that or is that of non-interest? I'm just curious. Oh, you mean like character design of video yes, games? Yes, yes, yes. I actually have considered that long ago. Um, my sister um, actually like graduated UCF with like a game design uh, mm. degree and so I was like that would be really cool if we could team up and you make the video game and I'll design the characters. No, um, so cool. I've thought about it. Yeah, because I like concept artwork too. I, I always loved um, – um, just, just the idea of concept art. If you look at any, um, um, uh, like art of books, I just adore that. Nice. Very nice. Now, how is Roland to work with is, did he, when, <laughs> when he gave you a script, was it something very detailed or did he give you leeway with what we're seeing? It, he gave me actually really good leeway and it wasn't too much so that I was like, what am I doing? It was, I feel like it's very concise but very um i had a lot of creative liberties in certain things so he's very um well balanced in that now so so one of the the things uh, yeah one of the things uh for for your listeners who 
um, are, are more in tune of like how comic scripts are done. So one of the things that, that you need to know is that the way uh, Deanna and I have been working is the Marvel style, right? We've been doing a plot first. So essentially what I do is, is I break down the pages for her and say, you know, on, on this page, this is what happens, right? Here's the mood. Here's, you know, here's, they're probably having this conversation, that kind of thing. And then she just takes it from there and she, she plays the director. She makes it all come to life on the page. Then when she's done, she gives me uh, uh, the artwork, and then I come back in and say, okay, now here's the text on the page. Here's what the characters are saying. Here's the dialogue. Here's any kind of sound effects, that kind of thing. So, And, and that's that's kind of the old Marvel style. Wow. Now, see, I, I, I don't know which is best. You know, I hear some uh, art, you know artists that go, I want a detailed movie script. Right. You know, and I want to know what color that watch band is. You know, exactly. Well, you know, I, I have pretty, I have pretty, you know, solid opinions on it. But the thing about it is, is it really, it, it's kind of all up to the the two creators involved. There are some artists, um, like one of my one of my favorite artists, a guy I used to work with at at uh, Malibu, a guy named Rick Hoberg. Uh, you probably know him. He did all kinds of you know Marvel and DC mm-hmm. stuff. Did uh, the Strangers for us. Rick is just his flat out says, I don't want to have to think. You know, and when you have a plot, you know, you have to think. So she's had to do more thinking by a plot because I say, here's what's happening. Then she has to say, okay, how is this going to look good? What camera angles do I need to 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 bring to this? You know, how close in do I do I need to zoom in, zoom out? Sometimes I, you know, I say that we need close-ups, that kind of thing. But for the most part, that's her. Rick Herberg's like, no, no, no. I, I, you just tell me what to draw. I'll draw it. I don't want to have to think. Um, in my opinion is when you've got someone who has a good camera eye. Um, as hopefully you can see with Tiny, uh, Deanna has certainly ha- has a very good camera eye. When you have someone who has a good camera eye, it would almost be sacrilegious for me to say, panel one, here is the di- here we're looking at it from this direction. And now I can do that, right? I can write scripts like that. But she is by far a better visual storyteller than I am. So if I can get you know, if I can get a visually good-looking thing, I can come back over and add the dialogue, and that's like adding the, you know, the the uh, uh, frosting on the cake, right? She's baked the cake. You know, I have the ing- I, I contributed the ingredients with the plot, but she's kind of baked the cake, and then I come in and add the icing on the top with the dialogue and the sound effects. So, um, not everybody agrees with me, though. I, I, but I, I just feel that when you you've got someone who can, you've got an artist who can visually tell a story again. Like Deanna can, um, you're, you're to give them a full script is almost like tying one hand behind their back. Now, the way you've worked together here, did she cause any changes in the story because of the art? Did you say, well, wait a minute, I think I need to, you know, go deeper here or change anything because of it? Um, I don't know so much about changes to the story um, because we, we kind of uh, – essentially what I did is sent her an outline and said, this looks like the outline. You know, This is this is kind of what I've got. What do you think? Um, so she read the outline over, gave me some feedback. I don't, I'd have to look up to find out what kind of what we talked about. But she gave me feedback early on, and then I took that and then said, okay, here's the outline. Here's what we're going with. Um, the only thing that I can think of that's happened was a mistake on my part um, in which I accidentally changed the sex of a character. <laughs> what? How do you do that? <laughs> you, you don't know M and F? I mean <laughs> – I think it works better this way, the way it is, 
But uh, yeah, it was completely accidental. And she sent me a message. She said, now you have this character being this sex, but I designed the character to be the other sex. And I'm like, oh, crap, I did, didn't I? Uh, so I got to looking at it and said, yeah, let's just go ahead and go with it as is. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my fault, though. Okay, Roland. At least, at least. But, but now, here's what I will say, though. So, part of part of what her art did bring inspiration to is that uh, we sat down and talked. Right? We we talked about this stuff. Um, she told me the kind of things she she was interested in. We, we, long story short, we came up with Tiny. Then she started sketching the characters. It was her sketches of the characters that kind of inspired a lot of what made it into the plot. Okay, this is what these these characters are going to look like. So here's kind of the story that they need to have. Does that make sense? Nice. Yes, it yeah. does. So out of curiosity, Roland, I know because and not to give you you know big ego here, but you have access to so many creators, uh, those that are in Central Florida alone and those worldwide. Why? Why Diana? Why what what made her stand out for this project? So I don't know if I can't remember if you and I have talked about this before. We we may have a little bit, but one of the things, that, and I've never said this to Diana, but one of the things that I really enjoyed doing when I was at Malibu is um, I, I liked the sort of the we, we started an intern program when I was there, and when I say we, it was me. My boss said we need help. Uh, you know, we need to figure out how to get some help. I started an intern program through his, you know, he, he oversaw it, but I started the program and that's really kind of when I, I understood that I liked to teach. I like teaching and please don't think that I'm teaching. Deanna's bringing all the art chops, right? Um, maybe the how to, how to transfer your art into a comic book format, maybe, but she's bringing all the art chops. But what I discovered is when I looked kind of back at my career, I was like, you know, part of what I enjoy doing is uh, sort of a talent scout. I like finding new talent, and I look back on on my career, and, and you know some of the guys we've talked about, Paul Pelletier, uh, which I I hope to be able to convince him to do a, a follow up book with me soon. We've been talking a little bit, uh, but you know I, I I gave Paul Paul and I teamed up on Demon's Tales, and that was some of his very first work. Um, Stephen Butler, Mitch Bird, these guys were guys that I met at uh, in Hattiesburg. Um, Steven had been submitting to uh, Marvel and other companies and not getting any work. And so we teamed up together, um, and, and ultimately kind of made it happen. Um, you know, there's some, there's, there's, there's some others that essentially, uh, and I told you my Billy Tucci story. That's See, my you just spoiled it here. <laughs> I was going to say, did you tell her that she made the cut and you, you canceled, you wouldn't even take Billy into the fold. <laughs> <laughs> she did something Billy too. She couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't tell her that. Well, story. please share this because there will be Ooh. those who have never heard how Roland uh-huh. Mann rejected Billy Tushi, the creator of She. Please uh-huh. share with us. <laughs> oh, it's 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 long story short because it's, I'm sure she doesn't want to hear this. My public <laughs> my my boss came to me. My editor in chief. This is when I was a, 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 a editor at Malibu. He came to me and said, I've got samples from this guy. You know, I think he's going to be really good. He's rough around the edges. You need to find something for him. <clears throat> and, of course, 
as the editor, anything that I could find kind of had to go through him anyway, right? He he had to approve everything. Well, I already had artists on all of my books, so I, I wasn't looking for an artist. I didn't need an artist. There wasn't any, you know, I didn't have any holes to fill, and so I had nothing for the guy. And you know, it was one of those things. That, you know, I looked at his art, and I'm like, ah, you know, I, I don't really have anything for him. I, I, I'm not going to fire somebody off a book to make room for him. And I really just kind of let it set, didn't do anything. And as it turns out, about a year later, she was published, and he became a rock star comic book guy. Uh, my editor in chief came to me. He said, "You know, if if you had if you had done what I told you to do, this could have been our book." <laughs> have you met with uh, Billy since this happened? Um. Yeah, I mean, he and I are, are pals. Well, you know, I think it would be great to have a photo with you and Billy, and Billy with a print, and you holding a print of she. I think, or the comic book. I think this would be really cool. I'd love to have that photo. I would, tr- yeah. I would, ch- I would cherish that. <laughs> yeah, you would. I would. I, I think that's you know, and you know, we could we could use it as a a story for you know, tell for the ages. So I'm going to shift gears and go back here to Diana, right? Okay, so okay, okay bad man, bad man. Part of what excites me about doing this project with Diana is that, and I've told her this part is, I I, I predict good things for Diana. I think she's going to, she's got a talent that, uh, you know, it's 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 an incredible talent, and I anticipate very good things for Diana in the future. I am just happy to be a part of it, and I hope that what what I can kind of bring now can help to inspire her, get her kicked off, get her, you know, moving. She'd get there anyway. She, I mean, so I, please don't think that I'm thinking that, oh, she, she needs, no, she would get there anyway. I'm just fortunate to be in this picture, and I hope that I can expedite some of that for her, right, and, and maybe help navigate uh, part of the road that might not have been really clear. She would have figured it out, but that might not have been clear. So that's what excites me about this kind of thing. Well, you are a mentor, obviously, here. And I'm not talking like mentor on the old Shazam TV show. You're, you're <laughs> not traveling around in your little uh, RV. No, you, you are – you're being a, a, a good guide, like a, a Yoda here. My question for you, Roland, <laughs> is what would you warn her about the comic book industry and anybody else starting out? Oh, my goodness. Um, the first thing I would have to say is you got to love it. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I haven't known her that long, but from what I can see, um, she does have a love for the art, for, for doing art. Um, one thing maybe uh, she can give you after we're done is that she occasionally, uh, and I forget what it's called, but she occasionally live broadcasts. So you can actually watch her draw. To me, that's pretty cool. You know, you can just see her. You can watch her create, and she interacts with the the people who are watching as well. Um, but the warning is, is that uh, you know the comic book industry is made up of mostly good people. Um, there are a few jerks. Uh, we'll try to make sure that uh, we you know we point those out. It's a small industry though, so it, it's you know everybody has a tendency to know everybody. Um, and that's why you know whenever I talk to somebody, they go, "Oh, you know so and so." I'm like, "Well, yeah." It's, it's comic books. It's not it's not a really big industry. Um, so you'll find that, you know, you, 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 you got to be nice. Right. And you are. This is not because, uh, Patrick, you asked me, what would I tell anybody? Uh, you got you got to be nice. You can't be a jerk because people don't want to work with jerks. And the thing about it is, if you're a jerk, 
the industry will learn really quickly because again, it's a small industry. Um, you know, uh, a couple other things. You know, meet your deadlines. You know, when you say you're gonna when you're gonna turn in your script or your art, you know, meet your deadlines. Do do what you promised. Um, you know, do. Don't promise something you can't do. So don't say, "Oh yeah, you know, I can, I can uh, pencil these, you know, forty pages this week." Oh, you know, yeah, well, you probably can't. Um, you know, promise what you can, deliver, whatever you promise, but promise what, whatever you make the promise, make sure that you can do it. Um, you got to promote yourself because uh, comic book companies aren't in the business of promoting you; they're in the the business of promoting their properties. Um, people have a tendency to want to go to Marvel and DC because that's kind of where the, the money is as far as working in comics. Uh, fortunately, we're in a we're in a what I kind of call a golden age of comics in which independents are really really rocking today. I encourage people to do independent comics. Uh, I I encourage people to do stuff that they can they can own that they get a big piece of. If if Tiny were and I'm not going to reveal the details of our, of our agreement, but if Tiny were being published through a a, a publisher, uh, a bigger publisher, they would take a, a a big chunk of it, and then Dionne would and I would have to kind of you know take what's left. Um, and usually that just means there's not a whole lot of money there. And you lose uh, probably licensing, right? If, if let's say tiny, yes. something from tiny does very well, you lose that, that, right. bar, that bargaining. And yeah, if somebody comes up to us at Megacon and says, Hey, you, we want to make uh, a tiny toy. Well, that's up to Deanna and I to decide. We can say, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, or we can say, uh, what's, you know, what, what, what do we get out of it? Right. Oh, nothing. We'll just give you a toy. Well, then we can say, well, no, we don't think so. You know, it's up to us. It's not up to a, a, a big a corporate publisher to, to make that decision, you know. And so I've, I've in, in my – at the this part of my path, I've been very, very um, – what's the word? Uh, I'm a strong proponent of, of independent comics. I get why people want to work with Marvel and DC, and, and I'm not – I don't – I wouldn't want to naysay anyone. Uh, because that's where you can uh, draw a decent paycheck. Although I've I've heard through fairly fairly reliable sources that uh, both companies are beginning to cut their rates and actually go overseas because of the rates. They'll go overseas and get you know somebody from the Philippines or Argentina who who'll do very cheap artwork, and then it cuts the rates on their books. I, I mean I I, I get that. Um, but yeah, if you can do your if you can do your own work and and own it or own a piece of it, um, that's what I I would say. Comic books people people starting off doing comic books today. That's what I would say. Create your own stuff. Don't go to MegaCon and become a poster pirate. <laughs> Create your own thing. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's just keep let's just keep uh, focusing here on uh, on the uh, on the uh, tiny and. Tiny is available right now at Megacon for the the next you know Thursday for today Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday and for those who can't make it come check it out for those who can't make it to Megacon where else will Tiny be available? Well, I am glad you asked that because just today we launched our Kickstarter. Um, We are trying to uh, basically raise some funds to get our second issue done. Tiny is a two-part story, so we've got the first issue completely done, and our Megacon specials are available at our table uh, today. You can get Deanna and I both to sign them, and if you're nice to her, uh, she might even uh, uh, do a little little sketch or drawing, or you might can cut some kind of deal with her. We're going to – we we have uh, sketch covers that are available until they're gone. 
um, she she might even be convinced to uh, to draw something on a sketch cover. So um, so they're available at our table. But yes, please go check out our Kickstarter um, because what we're trying to do is finish the tale. Um, it's a two-part story, so our first part is completely done, and uh, we're trying to finish up the second part. And do you have it all done, actually, the, the written part and most of the storyboards? Are you, are you done for the second part? Ready? No. Okay. No, we're, st- we're still working on that. Um, but we we anticipate kind of end of summer. Okay. That's, that's what we're shooting for. That's so. a fast turnaround, actually. Yep. Well, you know, we're, we're – we're moving right along. Okay. Well, one of, one of the things I've learned from a couple of my Kickstarter buddies is like uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Brian Polito, who you know runs <laughs> yes. some very successful Kickstarters. They're like, uh, you need to have it done and ready to go. You don't need a long uh, window for your yes. Kickstarters because if people see, oh look, I'm I'm doing this now in in uh, May and I'm not going to get it until next January, then they're they're less likely to to um, to to you know pledge. So, yeah, we're trying to get as much of it done as possible. Deanna is in, is, she is still a student, so I should say that. Le, at least let everyone know, be uh be as transparent as we can. So she, you know, school does come first. Her her uh, I'm sure her parents would murder me if I said, "No, no, we're about oh, school." So you're not demanding 3 pages a day? Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Uh, I I do I do send her regular emails just kind of say, "Hey, how's it going?" How are the pages? Okay. So, <laughs> so he's not as bad as what I thought he'd be. You got you got a nice there. Uh, occasionally, occasionally, I leave her a little Facebook yeah. message. And she says she might say something. Uh, she might post something about, oh, I'm bored or something like that. And, and then I, I might come oh, on I there don't. and say, <laughs> and I might I might come on there and say something like, I hear drawing comic book pages is a lot of fun. Oh. <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh, you you are a fun professor of comic books. Yes, you are. Now, Deanna, do you do you use um, Periscope to show your work while you're sketching? Are are you doing it via Periscope? I actually don't. You know what Periscope is? Um, okay. Funny enough. Well, well, we'll explain to Roland what Periscope is. That's I you, know what Periscope it's is. Where, you do? Okay, it's where you can oh. stream live on video uh, to the world uh, events. I know, like. Uh, so what do you use then, Deanna? What what did I what did oh. I sign up for and watch you that time? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that was, um, you can use something called like um, it's like OBS. It's like online broadcasting software. And then okay. I had the site I used to broadcast it is um called Picarto. Okay, that's fun. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll have to. Uh, I want to check that out because I I want to see it. I see uh, artist uh, John Beatty does that from time to time with commissions. He'll he'll make sure the person nice. wants that, and he'll, you know, he'll say, hey, we're gonna periscope and show your artwork being created. I was like, wow, that's that that's crazy, but it, it's a really cool thing for people nerds like me seeing that being done. <laughs> well, Roland, yeah, it, is, it is very cool. Roland, I'm gonna let you get back to your table stuff, and we'll have video of you two uh, available here on our website. Oh. We'll, we'll also have links to the Kickstarter project available as well, and we have the interview with you on let's see, episode 875 about poster pirates print jockeys and that's a separate thing and if you want to go back in time and check out <laughs> roland's commentary we have that on episode 875 of the riley and kimmy show thank you so much thank you for letting us uh talk about tiny and pitch our kickstarter and tell folks to come out and see us visit rileyandkimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts